Hi there, and welcome to the inaugural episode of the Consumed Podcast. Uh, my name is Ben Fox, and uh, I'm joined by my lovely wife, Katie. Hello, Hi. Katie. Hi. How are you doing? Yeah, not bad. Trying to uh, keep things moving. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, we're in a rather bizarre situation. This, um, obviously, everyone is, given that as we record this, we're currently, you know, deep into the coronavirus situation. Um, And as a result of that, um, Katie, you're currently in America um, and I'm in the UK um, because we we were in the middle of sorting out a spouse visa before uh, this all went down. So that's rather annoying. And it's normally a messy process. So adding this on top of it has yeah made it a hundred billion times more of a mess absolutely yeah um but we thought you know when life gives you lemons make the proverbial or whatever the phrase is <laughs> make a regarding podcast lemonade. yeah make a <laughs> podcast um so that's what we decided to do it's a concept we were kicking around anyway um for you know a couple of years i suppose and i think it's a good well, i mean it's probably as good a time as any to do it because we you know we consume a lot of media yeah. on our yes. on our own at home but now that it's like that some of that media is one of the only ways that we can you know have a connection during the day yeah it's i think it definitely makes sense to uh talk about some of the ways that we're staying consumed and connected absolutely yeah um completely agree and um, so if you're um sort of coming to this thinking oh culinary podcast back of the net consumed <laughs> this is absolutely not what that is we might talk about some food katie's a, a, a very excellent chef i'm not but um so there, there may be some food chat but the bulk of it will be sort of media video games and uh tv and film based um so it's, it's consumed from that from that perspective to add to that confusion is the fact that all of the parts of our podcast are named after um parts of a three-course meal just to um yeah further throw you off the scent keep it fun Um, uh, just for some fun yeah so we've got three parts the first part is the starter which we'll come to in a second uh which is just general introductions how things are going in quarantine what we've been up to that sort of thing then we'll move on to the main course which of course as i'm sure you've guessed is the sort of main topic um today we're speaking about an excellent video game or not to show my cards too early but um uh final fantasy 7 remake obviously one of the biggest games in the video game industry at the moment we're going to be discussing that because i've been uh playing and streaming it for katie so we've both been sort of working throughout together so that'll be the main course today and then the dessert the final section is sort of a broader chat about other smaller things we've been playing and watching and doing um and things we're looking forward to so you know that's the concept i suppose we better get on with it you ready katie i'm ready let's start Awesome. So we'll take a break, (laughs) nicely put, and we'll come back with our starter. All right, we're back. Uh, This is the starter of our first podcast, of the Consumed Podcast. Um, So we're just catching up what's been going on um, in our lives, generally speaking. Katie, how have you been out in uh, Michigan? Yeah, I mean, it's... It's like the 88th day of February, pretty much, in Michigan. <laughs> uh, I think the, for- the I mean, snow's in the forecast again for tomorrow. So, yeah, uh, it's sometimes tough to want to go outside for your like one allotted exercise of the day or whatever. So um, to pass the time, yeah, I'm in 
at my parents' house uh, in my childhood bedroom. <laughs> I guess I wanted to maybe talk about, tell the people kind of what, maybe what consoles we have in our houses where we're quarantining sure. in. That's a good idea. Yeah, after you. Um, so I brought with me my uh, Nintendo DS and mm-hmm. then at home, <laughs> I've busted out my ancient PlayStation 2, the fat one. No, I can't believe it's still I it's still either. running. I does really the disc, can't. Cause, does the disk drive still open effectively and close yeah. mechanically? Yeah. Because they're the first things to go. Mine, I think I had two. They're both both bust anyway. Yeah, I, I am like really shocked that the. I mean, I, yeah, I plugged it in and everything came on, came on, not online. They weren't online then. Came on <laughs> uh, and well, worked. Well, actually, the PS2 through an adapter was able to go online, Katie. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so I've got that um, booted up. I'm going to try. I have, you know, even more ancient, my Nintendo 64. My first video game love is, you know, it's been collecting dust on a shelf for uh, many, many years. You should crack it out. out. There are loads of, um, I was watching a video the other day, actually, about various sort of adapters that you can turn into an HDMI signal. But then I suppose if you've got an HD TV. Yeah, we've gotten into a tough tough spot in our house where it's like the old consoles just you know our our tvs are i guess getting to a point where they're a bit they're not advanced enough to have hdmi and smart tvs and chromecast and all that but they're not old enough to have connections for the n64 so yeah i'll have to look into that but it's it's been i guess that's what's that silver lining phrase like i am stuck at home (laughs) with my yeah. parents but also i've got to crack out some retro video games so yeah no no i agree and definitely for you know someone who's got a, a ridiculous backlog of games I've, I've been meaning to get to over the last couple of years and just haven't had the time with work or whatever it has been nice to have a little bit of time to to get through some are they all the i mean you it's your you said ds you it's a 3ds isn't it the one yeah. you brought with you yeah so that's yeah. the most um modern console i have with me now nice it's a good one. I like that we both bought um, 2DS XLs, didn't we? I like. I haven't got much use out of mine recently, but I do plan on finishing um, Dragon Age. Not Dragon Age, um, Dragon Quest. Um, as far as the things I've got running here, it's, yeah, PS4 is what I spend most of my time playing. Um, and I've got a PlayStation Vita as well. Uh, and obviously the 3DS, but that is it. Apart from, the, obviously, Steam, where we've been playing a lot of Stardew Valley together. But we'll maybe come to that in the dessert section and to Um, my i mean i guess this will also come up uh during dessert but to my horror my nintendo switch my beloved switch is at home in england of course and i at the last minute i decided oh i'm not gonna bring it it's only gonna (laughs) be a little bit of time i won't use it enough I remember you really, mistake. really umming and ahhing about it. You were going to take it and you weren't going to take it. And then I think your last words about it were, well, I'll be back in a couple of weeks. As if it's oh, yeah, as if all word. controlled by some cruel script writer. <sighs> um, but yes, I'm sure you'll, you'll get back to it soon enough. Um, but apart from those things, um, how you sort of, you know, what week are we in? I've lost all track of time. I Is it week literally four? couldn't tell you. But um, how is it just being in one place? Are you, are you finding it manageable? It's uh, it's it's tough. I mean, I guess 
I feel like we're at a lucky stage of, you know, of technology and things because I can still, you know, meet up with you on Zoom and I can still even, I've even had a few weekend gatherings of former college friends who are getting together and meeting up for a night to have a few beers together. And so I guess it's nice that we've kind of got the technology to still kind of make some of those connections, but it can get really tough just being in the same house every day and waking up every morning and thinking we got to get through an it's i mean it's like groundhog yeah. day yeah it's 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 weirdly oppressive i think it like i really gen like obviously everything going around is the situation's horrendous and awful but there was a part of my brain that thought, look, well, if you're stuck in the house, because, you know, when, you know, as you know, when we were living together, I'm always going on about not having enough free time. And I'm desperate to, you know, get on with projects and, you know, meditate more, play the cello more, do some more art. And then now I've got seemingly unlimited time. But there's something about the situation that, that's sort of so overbearing and draining. I can just, I'm not as nowhere near as motivated as I would I would like to be. Um but yeah, I'm hope I'm hoping as time goes on, I'll sort of adapt. I mean, I think this is a good step, maybe for both of us to at least this is something that we're producing, so it gives us a little bit of a focus. So hopefully, it will um, it will be enjoyable to listen to, but also um, yeah, cathartic and helpful for us as well. <laughs> All right, well, we'll leave uh, we'll leave the starter there, a little bit dark to start with, but uh, <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure we'll have some more jaunty well, <laughs> jaunty anecdotes for you course. next time. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, let's take another little break and we'll come back with the main course and Final Fantasy VII Remake. (laughs) All right, we're back. This is the main course of the first Consumed podcast. Um, Today we're speaking about, um, you know, it's no exaggeration to say, a game that's been, you know, 15 years plus in the making. I mean, I think even when Final Fantasy VII, the original JRPG, came out um, back when was it ninety eight? I have to check that. I, you know, I'll, I can't remember the specific year. But even a couple of years after it had come out, and the PS two, when the PS two was released, people were like let's remake it already because it was all Final Fantasy VII as an ama- as amazing as it was, and it genuinely was. It was a you know, it wasn't the best looking game. It had very sort of rudimentary polygonal. Um, character models and even back in the day when the ps2 came out people were like look let's just re-release final fantasy 7 i think not to get too boring about it it was because you know the playstation originally sony initially intended to work with nintendo on their next console hmm, i didn't know that uh, actually and yeah an event so it was going to be disc based and eventually something went wrong in the deal and sony split off and made their own thing but there were sort of i think there were some projects in the work in that transition between the 2D of the SNES and the 3D of the PlayStation, which is why, and I think Final Fantasy VII had begun development in that time of turmoil, which is why it's actually, even by PS1 game standard, so weird not, looking. That, not that much of a looker, yeah, because it really was the beginnings of, of 3D. Um, so yeah, it, it wasn't a brilliant looking game, but people have been calling for a remake of it f- since then. Um, and then we had when I was in college, so in about 2006 maybe, when the PlayStation 3 was announced, there was a tech demo. I don't know if you ever remember seeing this, um, played at E3, 
where it had the classic scene of Cloud jumping down off the train and it was rendered on a PlayStation 3 and everyone thought, goodness me, this is it. Final Fantasy VII's being remade. Then we, no, it wasn't. It was just a tech demo. We never heard about it again. And then this game got announced five years ago. I should have got the stats, but a long time ago we saw the trailer for this game. So we've just been waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting. And it is finally here, Final Fantasy VII Remake. Um, But before we actually get into talking about it, um, let's... Let's talk about our opinions with the first game, the original, back in the day. So, Katie, how did you play this at, um, when it came out? How did you find it? I did. I I, I remember it was a bit different because I think I, we jumped uh, from the N64 straight to the next console I had was the PS2. So we kind of skipped the PS1. Uh, maybe my brother had it. I can't remember. So we spent, we played this whole game like borrowing PS1s to our house from like different, oh, really? different friends. Cool. Um, so I kind of played it in a few, a few different chunks. And yeah, I, I remember totally falling in love with the story and it was a bit of romance and I was into <laughs> that. Yeah. I mean, I think it was definitely the, the, the storyline and the character development was obviously ahead of the display that they could create for the game at that time. It seems like, yeah. Um, I, at this point, I feel like it's been like so long that I really only have clear memories of like the big high points of the game. I feel like I might've just erased a lot of memories of some of the grinding or, yeah, you know some of the parts in the game when you're like really stuck in one place um for a yeah. while well, well we'll come to that in a bit because i think um as coming to fun the remake i think it is giving the impression that a lot more happened in the earlier sections of midgard than they actually did than they actually did um but yeah um I certainly can't remember all elements of it. I mean, my story isn't completely dissimilar to that. I came to it quite late. It wasn't the first Final Fantasy I played, and I played it quite late into owning a PlayStation 1. I played 8 first, um, which I really enjoyed, and picked up 7 because of that. And I don't think I completed it, actually, for a few years and uh, finished it in high school. Also really, really loved it. Um, Again, as you say, the story sort of speaks for itself. It's really... And actually is increasingly prescient and relevant because you know largely it's about um just to give you a very brief outline it's about sort of eco warriors trying to save the planet from a huge corporation called shinra who's sort of sucking the life energy out of the planet and every all you know everything is dying um but you know the the company itself stands tall and looms literally over the huge city of midgar there's a massive plate above all the slums where everyone's living and they can just see the generators and the massive corporation and it's you know, completely controlling all aspects of people's lives. And you play as a character called um, Cloud, who is someone who, who used to work for this company of Shinra, but is now sort of rebelling against them. It goes into a lot of sort of high concept areas, which, are, you know, I won't spoil here. It's definitely still, even with this remake, worth playing. Um, it's it's written well enough to sort of still be engaging. I know my brother's playing it currently um, in preparation for the remake uh, and more or less is enjoying it. But yeah, it, it's just it. I think that's probably out of all of its aspects, its story is probably what the reason it, it's held in such high regard. Because I mean, from a mechanical perspective, it wasn't too dissimilar um, to six. It still had an active time battle system. It was obviously in three D, which was massive. Um, but just from the way it played as a JRPG, you know, it's pretty by the numbers in some respects. 
I think something else that I, I, I think the original Final Fantasy VII did that, I mean, I can't really think of a lot of other games that were like this off the top of my head that have ended up bleeding into like other parts of pop culture and even other video games. I mean, I played um, a bunch of the Kingdom Hearts games, was super into those, and was it was su- super cool sh- seeing all these, you know, Final Fantasy VII characters showing up constantly in these games and then i watch i remember watching advent children the movie and thinking like this is the best thing ever to be able to see some of these characters and in in what was you know hd at the time um and yeah they've really maybe maybe it's almost like looking back kind of nostalgically on this this game that i i don't know i i'm starting to think that i might even remember remember the game differently uh, than it was when I played it, so it's been interesting. To Maybe, see it again yeah, in the remake. Definitely, um, and you're right. It was one of the games that Square decided to. I suppose it was Square Square Enix by the time all of like the film was coming out, but it was one of the ones they really expanded beyond just the scope of the game. It sort of transcended that, didn't it? And I think that that's sort of why a remake has been um, in the works or de- or been sort of demanded for so long, because I think some of the ideas, some of the characters, are much. They're much better and and stronger and sort of transcend quite the limited technology of the PlayStation 1, which is why everyone responded to the film so well as well. Um, But there were loads of games around Final Fantasy VII. There was Dirge of Cerberus. Did you play that one, the shooter? Yes, I actually just thought of that game for the first time in probably 12 years because I saw it on your... Were we allowed to talk about Groovy? On Groovy, yeah. I saw it. We we can plug our our Groovy lists. Maybe other people can check those out. But I saw it and I was like you know just hit me like something else that i could not believe i forgot that game existed especially because vincent valentine was low-key my favorite character in final fantasy 7 i thought he was so cool <laughs> sorry yeah. husband no 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 he i know i agree he is, he is cool i mean i remember first time i played final fantasy 7 i got right to the end because he's missable isn't he yeah, as a he's playable just character extras. i absolutely missed him yeah so there was dirge of cerberus which i played well after the fact a little bit clunky um, but it was all right, interesting, ambitious for what it was. There was Crisis Core on the PSP, which came out even later, which you, you played as Zack Fair, another very important character in the Final Fantasy VII um, story. Um, I think that's a stunning game. I think it has its problems. Um, and actually, narratively, weirdly, uh, where all the, the problems are, some of the additional characters it introduces aren't brilliant. But the fundamental relationship between Zack and Cloud, which again, we won't get into, is is wonderfully drawn in that game. It adds so much to Seven when you play Crisis Core. And from the looks of the remake, we'll come on to in a bit, it, it adds a lot to that as well. Zach's already sort of popping up a little bit more than he did, I think. So yeah, there's a whole range of sort of media around Seven. Um, it, it was a phenomenon. Um, so, you know, it, it, it's amazing. And it really is a, it's a milestone sort of to have this remake in our hands now. Um, it, it's a massive thing for the gaming industry. Um, so with that, we'll uh, we'll move on to it. Um, so as I say, I've been streaming it on Twitch. I mean, feel free to watch. I don't sp- I don't speak um, during the Final Fantasy streams because I just stream it for Katie so she can sort of watch while while I'm playing it. Um, Fox Fight <laughs> is my uh, Twitch. If you want to go and check that out, Harry, my brother and I do play some Resident Evil with voice chat. So. Uh, yeah, I'll use this to plug that. Anyway, so we're on... I can't remember the chapter we got to. We've met 
Aerith, obviously. Um, we're sort of hanging out in her area, um, sort of running around the little slum where she is in her house and doing chores for everybody. Um, so I th- we're a fair few hours in, maybe you know, 10, 15 hours in, because I really, we've been taking our time doing all the side quests and stuff. Definitely got a sense of how the game functions, um, broadly speaking. Obviously, I can't speak to the latter story stuff, and apparently, um, you know, I think there are going to be some changes to the to the, the key narrative that happen later that we haven't really come across yet. Already some uh, very new elements introduced. Oh, yeah, there, there definitely are. Yeah, there definitely Yes, there definitely are some new elements, but I mean, I think it even more so. There are some more fund- fundamental changes I've heard. That may not be true. Um, so anyway, um, what do we think, Katie? What, um, let's start with the story, the characters. How have you found it comparing it to the original and, and as a game on its, in and of itself? I think, I think they've done some really good things, especially with the characters. Um, and, you know, they've done... It's a, it's a good, easy story to follow along with i think they've made it easy to get into and to keep up with um i have been really especially impressed with the way that they've been able to hone in like so much on a character and give you a really good sense of that character even though yeah this is only i mean this would be what like the first disc of the game or whatever i think that they've done a super good job of having characters um relate to each other and build up a relationship in only a few quick cutscenes. so yeah i know i completely agree and, and actually that's a that's a good point we haven't really um touched on um these games are being designed as um it split the original final fantasy 7 into a few different games this is only the first one so um from the original final fantasy um playstation one game we're actually only dealing with the very starting area the city of midgar which you know in uh, in the original game, you spent. I mean, it was a fair time, you know, probably going ten hours maybe in Midgar. But essentially, this game takes that section, that introductory section to the game, and has sort of blown it up and made an entire you know, thirty forty hour RPG out of it. So obviously, they've got a lot more space and a lot more room to breathe with some of these characters that in the original game had you know three lines. You know, you think of the the other members of the of the um, eco-warrior group like Jesse and Wedge and Biggs, um, they, again, were completely bit-part characters I in, didn't even in the original. remember them from yeah. the original yeah, they, game like at all. <laughs> they really had next to no role in the story, whereas obviously with, with the freedom here... You can, you go really deep into into their um, sort of their situation, how they interact, why they're in Avalanche. You get a much better sense of their personality, for better or worse. I mean, I'm not I'm not sure. Jesse, as we discussed, is a little bit maybe too too much in some, a little bit thirsty in some areas. Um, but all of them are very engaging characters, really relatable. Um, they're sort of I I don't know if you agree with this. I mean, obviously the visuals. stunning it's a stunningly beautiful game especially the character models um some of them are bordering on photo real uh realistic and it you know it's better looking even than advent children from the model perspective so it's, it's really wonderful to see all these characters suddenly come to life but i feel like you've still very much got a japanese anime sensibility to some of the characters i'm thinking of wedge jesse especially very very exaggerated cloud works a lot better because obviously he's very subdued and withdrawn 
and he sort of fits this new hyper-real version a lot better than Wedge and Jesse, who are still sort of holding poses and screaming a lot. And there is something for me slightly jarring about that, but then not having... If it was an anime, you know, I would sort of feel like it, it's more natural a fit. But having these sort of hyper-realistic people still act as if they are sort of in something that's hyper-realistic, I think takes it takes me out a little bit, yeah. But that's a very minor gripe on the characters, which otherwise are wonderfully, wonderfully drawn. I think Cloud's a very difficult character to get right. Um, very sort of complicated, as increasingly complicated as you go on. And he sort of has to project a lot in these early stages um, without spoiling anything that comes later. He's the, he's the product of, of loads of different factors that, that come into play later. He's not just an ordinary merc. And he sort of has to portray, or he sort of has to represent all that history he has um, in an interesting way. And I think he does that, whoever is the voice actor, and obviously all the um, animation really helps get across some of that history, I think, with Cloud. I think they've done a really good job. And And especially... Go on. Oh, just especially with Cloud, like in other settings, uh, he can go, he can go so emo, like so quickly that it can start to get a little boring just to be like the stoic ex-soldier warrior but yeah they have done a, a, uh, more to make him you know more nuanced than he has because been in other yeah uh, yeah agreed and that was one of the disappointing things about advent children and, was and that his it, character in kingdom hearts when he showed up too yeah they sort of reverted him back to sort of an archetype of like you say sort of an emo loner when actually that you know he is troubled and he is sort of you know a little bit prickly and you know as you play the game why that is but I think in this remake, you get a real sense that he is struggling on some level and he is still grumpy and he is still um, unwilling to let people in, quite understandably in some respects. But there are chinks in his armour, which I like, which you didn't really get as much of a sense of, I didn't think, in the original game. You did later, but not this early, where you know people occasionally get through to him. The animation's good enough that even if he, even if he gives a little flicker of a smile, you can see that you know someone has... Yeah, someone's got through to him and he is underneath all of that. There is something else. Um, So I think there's a lot of surprising nuance in his portrayal. And it is surprising because, you know, Square Enix, the company who are developing this game, as someone who's a huge Final Fantasy fan, I would say to some extent they've been sort of off the rails for, for a little while. I enjoyed Final Fantasy 15, which was the last big one before this. You know, I enjoyed it, but... It came nowhere near to this as far as sort of character development and emotional delivery already. And I'm only, you know, a handful of hours into the remake. Um, and, you know, before that, Final Fantasy thirteen, which was a critical sort of flop to some extent. Um, it's only really since, you know, the last good proper JRPG they released, arguably, was Final Fantasy XII. Um, so anyway, so they've sort of been off track for a little while. Um, but for them to deliver such a well-written script and well-realized characters i think it's really wonderful i mean we did the sequence um, a couple of days ago with Aerith and cloud when they first sort of start hanging out together. Probably, yeah my favorite part of the game so far i think yeah and it was it was just a sequence where you're sort of walking around an environment there was no real fighting um but i couldn't believe it the dialogue was so naturalistic and heartfelt and obviously the music is um stunning based on um nobu matsu's original score you know, tears were in my eyes because of how well written it was. <laughs> and uh, it, it's just lovely. It's really lovely to see. I've been really surprised by the, the writing and the characters. Obviously, it's not 
across the board. Some of the side characters are a little bit flat. Some of them do still... Um, I mean, especially... I don't know what you thought about the new, new character that had been introduced. I'm thinking about another member of Soldier that, that comes in. Again, he feels sort of like straight, kind of, out yeah. of an, straight out of an anime, right? Where, you know, fine, oh, I love fighting. I'm going to enjoy this fight. And then, oh, I, you know, you beat me, but I want to fight you again one day. Is it all right? Um, when, you, when you've got that, and then you've got Cloud at being an actual character, you know, again, there's sort of a slight disconnect. But um, for the most part, I think the writing's really, really top-notch. Gameplay? I don't sure. know if... I can yeah. give as many insights on that. Uh, like Ben said, I have just been watching him play it on stream, on on Twitch, sorry. Yeah, uh, because... twitch.tv forward slash foxfight. <laughs> yeah, go on. <laughs> uh, yeah, because I have no way to um, play it on my own. I guess for, for first impressions uh, from me, I thought, I didn't even know um, when you started playing it that it wasn't like a turn-based battle mm-hmm. system anymore. So when I first saw it and Ben started playing I was kind of thinking if it was going to be like a Final Fantasy twelve battle system was what it you know mm. reminded me of initially, um, which I think a lot of people ended up not liking in some ways because it got a bit too kind of automated. But it seems Definitely like it was a bit of, yeah, it, it was a bit more um, sort of polarizing. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, go on. But it seems like they've added in a lot of things that keep it so you are still really in control of the battle and how it goes. Mm, yeah. Yeah, it's interesting, the combat. I mean, I, if it was up to me, because of how, you know, sumptuously designed this is with its sort of incredible character models, you can sort of see why maybe they, you know, making the whole of Final Fantasy VII in that level of quality, if that's the level of detail they want, is probably impossible to do in one game reasonably. Um, but really, all I wanted from a remake was the original game in its gameplay, just so, essentially with an HD skin. Um, that was my dream, maybe with some voice acting. Um, so I have to say, I was initially very cynical about the fact that it's a real-time battle system. Um, not too dissimilar to Final Fantasy XV, um, but even in Final Fantasy XV... A lot of it was automated still. You were holding down buttons as opposed to actually tapping them. Whereas the the moment-to-moment sword player's cloud in this remake is much more immediate. You know, you hit square and he'll slash. You hit square again, he'll slash again. Um, And it's very uh, impactful and quick. And, you know, in some ways it plays sort of like a slower Devil May Cry. Um, But then on top of that is... um, a really cool sort of melding of the old and the new where so you're slashing away with cloud but then you can bring up you can slow down time to basically a standstill and you'll have the menus like you would have done in in the original final fantasy 7 and you can select the moves you want to do so once you've built up built up enough meter by whacking them with the sword enough you can sort of go into this menu select maybe magic and that will use up one of your ability points or you can you know heal yourself with an item that'll use an ability point so there's quite and i think again when i heard about it i was like it seems you know if you're going to make an action game just make an action game i felt like they were just sort of trying to have um their cake and eat it too but actually it's fun to play it's it's a fun battle system and it's satisfying to sort of modulate between those two two forms um it's not an easy game i don't find actually i mean i may just be rubbish at it but it's sort of um it takes quite a lot of getting used to to sort of be thinking 
in the broader sense about the whole battle and everyone's health and your team and what moves you should be doing to weaken the enemy. Whereas part of me is thinking, oh, it's Devil May Cry. I can just dodge and slash, dodge and slash, dodge and slash. But if you do that, you will die because there are some moves you can't dodge. You have to be sort of responding to the enemy's weakness to, to really get through some of those bosses. So it does take a lot of getting used to, but I think once you do, it's an impressive system that, that's fun to play. Um, so the combat I'm, I'm generally speaking happy with. Um, some of the areas that maybe the gameplay beyond the combat is, is a little bit different. So seven initially was a very sort of corridor scripted game, a few open areas, but then you'd get outside of Midgar and it would become like an open totally world, open. right? And you, yeah. Um, but this one is even more scripted in Midgar. It almost, I think you said, it sort of feels like a movie, doesn't it? In, in mm, certain parts. With just in a that few you're... kind of extra, yeah, not even decisions really that you can make, just a few extra, mm. like something for you to do and then it moves on to yeah. the next thing you have to so, do. Yeah, so it, it really takes, the gameplay takes two forms and that you're either going through a very guided linear sequence where you're just sort of running down corridors, watching a cutscene, fighting something. Um, like the sequence where we were, you know, talking to Aerith, that was one of those. Um, but then every now and then you'll get to a new place like the Sector 7 slums or, you know, Aerith's house. And then it will give you a little bit more freedom and say, or oh, there are about six or seven side quests you need to do. Um, you know, you can go and do those, in, you know, and, and go and help the people in the slums. And then once you've done that, you can go back and then get on with the sort of linear elements of the story. Do you have to finish those side quests? As far as I can tell, no, you you don't have to. But they're very, um, you know, in, in most RPGs, you sort of have to go and hunt out the side quests and go and speak to people. As, from what I can remember, when you get into these open sections in your menu, you suddenly just have them all mm. there. So it sort of feels, you know, the completionist in me sort of feels uneasy sort of moving on yeah. before everything's ticked off. But they all they do really seem put... a bit kind of same, yeah. same. So I would, yeah, I mean, and we'll move, I suppose that's a good um, opportunity to move on to the main issue with the game, which which can be summed up in one word, which is padding. Um, obviously, because this, this game has a lot less story to work with than a, a normal full JRPG in that it's only that beginning section, Midgar, um, they've obviously had to pack in lots and lots of sort of additional content, some of which is one uh, which is, is great, like the exploration of characters like Wedge and Jesse, but some isn't. Like A lot of the side quests are, oh, some rats have appeared, go and kill them for us, would you? Go hunt uh, some cats. Find yeah, our cats go, and yeah, bring them back. Find some children in the area <laughs> and bring them back. Go here, find that very jrpg standard but not even jrpg side quest good side quest standard sort of jrpg fodder side quest that's sort of a late in a game where you just do it if you've really got nothing else to do and i you know i think since final fantasy 7 the original came out side quests have come a long long way if you think about um the witcher 3 you know some of the side quests in the witcher 3 were better than the main story. They were absolutely stunning. And when you think about how long this game has been in development, it is difficult not to be disappointed when, you know, you've got this hyper-realistic, beautifully rendered version of Cloud, and then you walk up to someone who's sort of got half the polygon count and just says, you know, go and kill a rat for me and come back. It, it does feel a little bit sort of anticlimactic in that sense. I'm also, I guess, interested to see... I mean, maybe this is too, like predictive or too too jumping the gun but once it gets to the point in this game where the world is supposed to open up mm. a if they're going to 
how they're going to be able to do that and be if the quality that we quality we've seen from this you know initial opening section um is going to be carried over into that yeah Yeah, i mean we know already that you know that won't appear in this game um there will be no open section in this game um it will be well i mean i suppose i don't know that for a fact it was sold as you know essentially this is midgard so i imagine it ends in you know the famous bicycle motorbike chase and then you know that boss up there just before in the original game where you'd be released into the world i imagine that's when this game ends um but yes it will be interesting to see if they are going to continue it in in as faithful a way as possible how that next game will deal with a more open structure for midgar itself i think you know this way sort of works fine i just wish some of the side content had been up to the quality of of the of the core content core content yeah so i mean that's that um so i guess i guess the final thing which we've touched on already in our list of things we've got in our show notes for final fantasy 7 uh, remake is is the visuals or are the visuals um what do you think i suppose you're someone who primarily plays the Nintendo Switch, right? You don't play many sort of bleeding edge graphical powerhouse games. Mm. Is that fair to say? Yeah, I mean, I watched you play uh, Death Stranding. And, yeah, that's true. What, like uh, Red Dead? We should do one of these on Death Stranding oh, one day. But yeah, uh, <laughs> I love that game. Um, yeah, okay, yeah, so you're right. You've seen lots of sort of AAA, get AAA, as Jim Sterling says, games. What do you think about this game comparatively visually? I, I mean, I, I think it looks great. I think all the char- the main characters that we've seen so far really, really look good. Um, it's fun to see them in their kind of original outfits that they had in, in the OG Final Fantasy VII. Yeah. Really updated to look great. Um, I think the environments all seem like they have a lot of I don't know, a lot of like depth to them. Even if you're climbing a ladder and you're kind of looking around, I think it it, yeah. it, it gives you a good sense that you're kind of in the space, which is, you know, really all. I don't care about a big mountain range in the distance yeah. as much as just kind of feeling feeling like you're in it in that small section that you are in. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And it's um, especially with that sense of place, it gives a really good idea of what it would be like to be in Midgar, I think. Um, A big part of that, to be fair, is just the switch in camera angle. Because if you think about the original Final Fantasy VII, it's isometric and you're looking down on cloud. Whereas now to have, be at cloud's level and be able to swivel the camera up and from the slums, you can see the huge plate sitting above and the the upper classes up there. It's brilliant and it's breathtaking in some respects. And visually, the star of the show definitely are those core character models, which are just, you know, better than anything I've I've seen run on, on the PS4, those character models specifically of the main cast. They're phenomenal. Um, there are some sort of visual elements of visual trickery going on, I think. Like, you can sort of quite clearly see those backgrounds, like the reactor, like the plate. They are sort of skyboxes done in a 2D image. Um, and if you look closely, like they're slightly, you know, pixelated. Some of the textures... Even on things like doors and windows, if you look at them up close, again, not brilliant. Which is a little a little bit disappointing given how long this has been in development. But it's it's not enough to detract from the quality of animation and the fidelity of those 
that main cast, which I just think are a joy to watch, interact, and just, um, yeah, it, it's it's mind-blowing. And then, like you say, while there are some sort of, um, there are some shortcuts that have been taken, it does do enough to give you a real good sense of that city and what it would actually have been like to be on ground level there. Um, so generally speaking, I think it's a really impressive game to look at. Um, so those are sort of the main component parts, I would say. Let's, I suppose, think about conclusive thoughts then, Katie. If you were going to sort of, you know, try and sell this to someone or, or someone who perhaps hasn't played it, do you recommend it? I think, I think if you were a more, it's tough. I feel like if you were a more casual gamer who had maybe never been involved with um, the old, the OG Final Fantasy VII, I think it would be a nice looking game. And, you know, we've said so much good stuff about the the characterization and the dialogue and the story and all that stuff. If you are coming to it new, I think it would still be a good game. I feel like it's such an emotionally, like, loaded game at this point yeah. that it's it's really tough to, to think about <laughs> to com- coming to it from someone with a, a new perspective on the franchise. Mm. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. I think it's a... From a mechanical perspective, I think it's a it's a very good game. I think it's an easy recommend for anyone who enjoys sort of Japanese role playing games. But there is, it's difficult to tell whether the storytelling would hold up for someone as well who had no familiarity with it, because it almost feels as it feels like you know the word they always use in the game, the sort of reunion of for people who are so familiar with it. There's a lot of subtext going on. There's a lot of nods back to things. There's a lot of sort of relying on you to have a, a basic understanding of who these characters Especially are. Especially of like what's... knowing a character who pops up only yeah. very infrequently and knowing that character's motivations at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. So for, for someone, or for, you know, for those like us who know the story, I think it, it's, it's wonderful and it's really brilliant to, to revisit. I would be interested to know, and feel free to you know contact us. Not I don't know how you would, but Twitter. somehow, uh, tweet Twitter, us. yeah, tweet us. Yeah, maybe I'll make a Twitter. Ben from the future here, just to jump in and say um, I have since set up the Twitter account. It is at the Consumed Pod. But um, if you've had no experience with Final Fantasy VII at all, I'd be interested to know how coherent a story you find this to be. And the other thing is, you know, we've got to must say again, we, we're maybe a third of the way through this. Um, so we've still got a lot and we'll sort of, we'll feedback, I'm sure, a bit a bit later on, on another episode once, once it's finished. But um, yeah, I think there is a sort of question mark around whether someone who has no interest in Final Fantasy VII would get as much out of it. Um, but just from a pure gameplay perspective, I think it, it's wonderful and it, it's a, and it's a feat um, technically, I think, as far as the um, character models go. And looks awesome and, some and th- sounds awesome. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, we didn't speak much about the soundtrack, but obviously it's iconic, um, the original, and it was sort of dealing with sort of quite limited sound technology back in the day. To have it as remastered as it is, is in and of itself provides a large proportion of the emotional clout, I think. To hear Aerith's theme um, is just Tugs amazing. Tugs at strings. It does. And what I like about it as well is it's not just um, 
re-recorded versions of the soundtrack put in at the same places. They're sort of remixed. Some of them are changed completely, put in at different places. Sometimes you're running through an area, you have the battle theme, even if you're not in battle, sort of playing in a slightly more subdued way underneath. Um, and then when you get into a battle, it then ramps up into the into the theme, into the sort of the style of the theme you're more used to. So there are lots of very clever, subtle things going on with the soundtrack, which which is great. But they are um, so they th- do seem to be keeping from us. Have we heard a victory fanfare yet? In no, its that's, so no, we haven't, other than that sung crudely by Barrett <laughs> in, in joke form, and I think that might be all we get. I maintain, like in Advent Children, I think it would have been a good idea for them to have phones. Um and like maybe once the battle's done, just quickly flip open the phone. Like, like maybe they're looking at some stats or whatever, and it could play the uh, theme just for a couple of seconds. But no. I'll be interested maybe to see if, I... if it pops up. Yeah, yeah, me too. But I think generally speaking, it's it's a strong recommend, isn't it? Especially for those who have played Final Fantasy VII and enjoyed it. I think there is no question there, and I think it marks return to form for Square Enix in many ways. Which, which as a massive fan of Japanese role playing games, um, it really pleases me to say. Um, so yeah, great. That was our first main course ever. Katie, how'd you find that? I'm full up and ready for some dessert. <laughs> Me too. Let's take a break and we'll be right back. All right, we're back for the final section of um, the show. This is dessert. And these are just one game, one TV show, one movie that we've been playing or watching that we'd like to recommend or something we're looking forward to just a final uh, the word i want to say is aperitif but i don't think that's correct a fine yeah i think that might be why it's incorrect just Um, something sweet at the end just something sweet at the end thank you um so katie what is your dessert this week my dessert this week is animal crossing oh nice no no not that (laughs) Animal Crossing. Not New Horizon, one of the most uh, <laughs> successful games of all time for Nintendo. But As we've said before, my Nintendo Switch is currently in the United Kingdom, and I am not. So <laughs> I have busted out Animal Crossing New Leaf on my 2DS. Nice. Um, and I have been, I've been really enjoying it. Uh, I, I was gonna kind of bring this as you know this is this is like a little snack game like normally animal crossing is a snack game for me like i'll pop into my town check on my villagers make sure everything's okay pop out come back in a couple of days see kind of what's going on uh i never really i I, you know i've always enjoyed animal crossing games and have um really thought you know, it's such a cute concept and I like cute things. <laughs> yeah. Um, but they, yeah, they've always kind of been just a little snack. So this time around, Animal Crossing <laughs> has become, yeah, approaching like a main course uh, meal for me. There's a lot of things that I um, never looked into that the rest of maybe the more hardcore Animal Crossing internet has been able to tell me about. I mean... <laughs> Come check out my town now. If I can somehow share a friend code in our description, I will. But, <laughs> I mean, you can design streets. You can make paths. You can make pit- paintings. You can make clothes. You can design all this, like, insane, bespokely, detailed 
things that you can do for your village that I had never even scratched the surface on. I mean, you can even, you can go to the internet and type in new leaf QR codes or whatever, and you get to a certain point in the game where you can share, scan things that other people have created <laughs> and add them to your village. Cool. And it's like next level. I feel like it's like a whole new game coming to me this time. There's so much that I have never delved into. Um, so that's been really keeping me, keeping me occupied does, at this point. Does any part of you feel as you play New Leaf, just feel oh, disappointed that I'm not playing New Horizons. That that feeling is there. Uh, yeah. I think, yeah, it seems like, you know, every person that I talk to is all about New Horizons. That's obviously yeah. the the quarantine game to have. But I don't think that New Leaf uh, should be overlooked. If you don't have a Switch, if you nice. haven't been able to get out and get new horizons yet and you have an old yeah, ds they kicking are sold around. out everywhere as our switches oh i believe it so if you have yeah. an old ds kicking around like go dig out new leaf again because it's it's cute and there's you know a lot more going on than i have done in the past with just building my dumb little one-story house and not <laughs> bothering to do any upgrades and having nice. a messy room so that's my suggestion to you genuinely good consumer advice um yeah interesting to hear do you think you know so say you continue to play this and then you get back to the uk you get your switch are you are you going to want to play new horizons or will you be uh, animal crossing it out i i mean we'll see we'll see how long this quarantine goes on yeah <laughs> uh but for right now it's it's genuinely like giving me new things new gameplay things to look forward to that i didn't have scratching that itch yeah that i didn't have uh in new, new leaf in the past i think that once it gets to a certain point i think the you know the kind of criticisms for new leaf is that some of these new things eventually do start to run out and once you get to a certain mm. point there's there's always more you can do with like designs and furniture and your house building and whatever but the the kind of world around you doesn't get any bigger which i think they've done uh, a lot more with in new horizons so cool all right great well interesting game yeah i mean i have got my 2ds xl maybe dig it out girl yeah okay um my dessert this week a short one um and in keeping with our main theme uh, our main course this week uh, as we've been playing final fantasy 7 remake i have been playing Final Fantasy IX, the PS4 re-release that came out last year, maybe, maybe the year before. Um, I've owned Final Fantasy IX on so many consoles. I owned it on PlayStation 1. I then owned it when it was re-released on PlayStation 3. And now finally I've owned it on PlayStation 4. Every time I've got maybe two-thirds of the way through and then just given up. But today, as you were thrilled to find out, Katie, I finished it for the first time in my life final fantasy 9 yeah thank you very much yeah so you know i haven't done much exercise i haven't played any cello but i have in this quarantine finally defeated the final boss of final fantasy 9 and it feels good uh have you ever played final fantasy 9 that's the one with um squall right nope that's final fantasy Gosh, 8 darn it <laughs> <laughs> Final Fantasy Nine is the one with Zidane with a tail. Yeah. Okay. Then I have never done Nine. Uh, I have 
played part of eight, never finished it, and have no experience with nine, except, again, some of those characters um, have shown up in Kingdom Hearts games. That's all I know of them. Yeah. Vivi, the mm-hmm. little black mage, is very popular, isn't yeah. he? Um, yeah, so I won't go on at length. Other, other than to say, it plays very similarly to seven and eight. You know, it's still got the active time battle system. It's less obtuse than eight. Eight, Some of eight's sort of deeper mechanics were ridiculous, but nine is a much easier game to play. It's much more cheerful in some respects. The writing's of a, of a decent standard for an, for an RPG of that generation. Um, and I've really enjoyed it. And the good thing about these re-releases, I think seven and eight have now been re-released on PS4 as well, is that you can, which is a godsend in uh, JRPGs, you can speed up the time. So in, so I did struggle again with the last boss, um, but I just, you know, put on the fast timer and just ran around grinding out, you know, 20 levels. And then it was, and then I was gratuitously overpowered and it was fine. Which is always something that I never have the patience for in a JRPG is grinding. I just uh, crash through and <laughs> by the very skin of my teeth, hopefully keep at the same level as the enemies i'm fighting well i think i think that's the that's the way in some ways they're intended to be played so and i think that's that's probably the more impressive way to do i love just putting in some time (laughs) and becoming so powerful that everything just dies in a few hits i love that feeling for some reason um that's what as and i'll talk about this game i'm sure at a different time that was my only gripe with assassin's creed odyssey which i regard to be a phenomenal game so good maybe not even worthy of the assassin's creed name maybe we can talk but about it, that one next week yeah but just the only the connection is is that you know as you level up in that game everything else around you levels up so it sort of feels like what's the point of leveling up at all but in nine you can you know you can get 20 levels higher than the last boss and just destroy it quite easily which is what i did no shame uh, but yeah thoroughly enjoy so if you've sort of um if you're on a jrpg kick you've just finished the remake maybe you've played through the original seven and you're thinking, I want another JRPG of that generation. Out of those PlayStation ones, nine is probably the best. It's not my favorite. Eight, I love eight, despite the fact that it's broken. I love eight, but um, just you know, objectively, nine is a is a phenomenally good game, and I did really, really enjoy it. And that's one thing ticked off my back backlog of about 113 games at least. Yeah, and and as you mentioned, Katie, yeah. I have been tracking all of my games brilliantly. Good use of my time on groovy.com, G-R-O-U-V-E-E.com. You can go on there and you can, you know, um, select games that you finish, games that you want to finish. Um, and I have, I, it wasn't exaggeration, I, I genuinely have 113 games to finish. Um, if you want to check out my profile on there, bfox04. What's your profile on Groovy, Katie? Crimsy, C-R-I-M-M. No. There's two Z's, two E's. C R I M Z Z E E. We'll have to put it, write it down somewhere for no, the people. It somewhere. Yeah, it's cool though. It's, if you're thinking, uh, if you're a video game player and you've got you know an hour to spare and you think, oh, I don't know what to do, I found it weirdly cathartic and satisfying to just go through the lists of the popular games and and find all the ones I've played and say whether I've finished them or not, just so I've got it clear in my mind what what I can play next. Or if you're just someone who likes lists, I love a yeah, good list. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's a good list maker. Anyway, uh, so that's our dessert for this week, and I suppose that's our show for this week. Uh, Katie, how's it? How's it gone? How do you? How do you think? Have we done it all right? I, I think. I think we hit a lot of yeah, a lot of tasty, tasty bits. I think we did as well. Yeah, it was. Uh, it's. It's been fun. So, if people want to find you specifically, Katie, at Twitter, where can they find you? You can find me at Cat K Fox. 
and you can find me at bfox04, although now I'm not actually sure. I'm just going to check. No, <laughs> you can find me at benfox91. <laughs> All right, guys. Um, thank you, Katie, for joining me. And thank you, everyone, for joining us. It has been a pleasure, and hopefully we'll see you again soon. Goodbye. Goodbye.